Welcome to the Assist Center podcast. In this episode, we'll hear from our education director about the programming we provide for middle and high school students. I'm the center's communications coordinator, Karen Shore, and I'm lucky enough to work every day with the brilliant, thoughtful people you get to meet in this podcast. Today, I'd like to introduce you to Dr. Elena Vitti, the Education Director of the Assist Center. I'm talking today to the Assist Center's Education Director, Dr. Elena Vitti. Welcome to the program, Dr. Vitti. Thank you, Karen. It's great to be here. I think um, now that listeners know a little bit about what the Assist Center does. Um, It was important to start off with the educational programs that we have. And I think a lot of people would assume that all of that starts with at least undergrads and maybe even grad students uh, in college. So that is not true, is it? No, it's not. Yeah. So um, as you know, from from the previous episode, uh, we talked about the Assist Center and how we do um, a lot of research. So we assume that it's graduate students in labs doing research. And that's true. A lot of the work that's being done, actually, most of the work that's being done in our labs is done by graduate students. Uh, But a big part of being an engineering research center is... um, not just research, but also education and industry and some of these other uh, collaborations and things. So a big part of what we do is sort of helping to build the pipeline of students who are interested in engineering and STEM and who would want to come to NC State and come work in our labs, eventually get their advanced degrees and go out into industry. So we really actually start at the middle school and high school level, uh, showing students and teachers about what we do and trying to get them interested in uh, engineering and in research. Uh, and then we move on and also do work with undergraduate students, of course, and undergraduate research and courses and professional development for our graduate students. Uh, they're prepared to go out there in the industry. Uh, but yeah, it really spans a gamut all the way from middle school through graduate school. Well, that's really exciting. Um, I can think of being a middle schooler and just not knowing what all is out there job-wise, educational program-wise, and that sort of thing. So I'm really glad that you are opening up this whole world of engineering to to younger students like that. What kinds of programs are available for middle schoolers and high school students? Yeah, so um, that's a great question. We have a few different things. So um, we, first of all, have something called our Young Scholars Program, and it's just for high school students, where we actually bring high school students in to work in our labs over the summer for about a six-week period. Uh, they get a stipend, and they it's basically like an internship, and they come and work in a lab. Um, we also do the same thing for teachers because we found that middle and high school teachers, they impact a lot of students every year, a lot more than we can. So if we train one teacher and we let them come into our labs for the summer and experience what's, what it's like to be a researcher, uh, then they can go back to their classroom and pass on that knowledge to a whole lot of students. Uh, so we're bringing in both middle and high school teachers and high school students into our labs over the summer to do research experiences. So that's one program. And through that program, um, we developed the wearable device challenge, which is a competition for middle and high school students to design and build a wearable device uh, and come show it off and compete uh, with that device. Uh, And on top of that, now we're starting a new um, initiative with camps. We've never done summer camps before, but this upcoming summer, we're going to start that. So in addition to our research experiences, we're also going to offer a couple of weeks of summer camp for high school students. Okay, so let's talk about the wearable device challenge. What is that about? How do people, um, well, let's just start with what it's about, and then we'll talk about how to apply and all of that kind of thing. 
Sure, yeah. So um, the idea is that we want students to um, bring their creativity and innovation um, to the space that we're in. So we are simply tasking teams of students with coming up uh, with some issue at the intersection of either human, animal, environmental health that could be addressed or monitored uh, by a wearable device. And then they will design and build that wearable device to address the issue of their choice. Hopefully it's something that they're passionate about. We've had students, for example, um, who are from our rural communities where their families are farm workers. So they're working on devices uh, for the health and safety of uh, folks who might be exposed uh, to certain things in their farm work. Uh, or first responders. We've had folks working with first responders or what have you. So the issue, they can pick whatever issue they're uh, interested in and passionate about and design and build a wearable device to address that. And then they will come compete uh, at NC State and show us their device. Uh, we have our faculty and grad students coming through and talking to them and, and really asking them questions about how they designed it, how they built it, how it works. And at the end, uh, we give out some prizes, which is a lot of fun. It sounds fun, um, and it it's great for these students to get exposure and the opportunity to talk to college professors and researchers who, you know, middle schoolers wouldn't normally get access to, find out a little bit about what potential lies in their educational path. So that's really, really nice. So the key is think of a problem that you want to solve and figure out a way to solve it. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds so, sounds easy, but it isn't. <laughs> so with your young scholars, you mentioned that they are high schoolers who come along um, in the summer. What sorts of things do they learn and what kinds of um, experiences do they have throughout the program? Yeah, so they're here for about five or six weeks over the summer. And during that time, we do a number of different things. First of all, they will go into an actual research lab and do some kind of um, independent research project uh, under the mentorship of a grad student and a faculty member. So they actually get to see what it's like hands-on to be in a university research lab. But that's only part of the time. The other part of the time, they're going to be working with the other students in the program, and they will be building a wearable device of their own. They're actually going to complete the wearable device challenge as part of the research experience program as well. Uh, and uh, we're also showing them around the campus, giving them tours of different facilities around campus, different labs that are available here, really showing them what life is like on a university campus. Um, and then, uh, you know, some professional development types of things. We're teaching them how to present, how to create posters and how to uh, talk to the world about what they've been working on and, and things of that nature as well. I remember walking into the Young Scholars Program and Dr. Uh, James Stevendurfer was teaching everybody how to solder mm -hmm. properly. Yeah. So it's hands-on stuff. It's kind of, I'm going to call them mini field trips because they go different places on campus and see the different facilities that we have here and that kind of thing. Yep, yeah, absolutely. And we, so we try to teach them the technical skills. Like you said, you saw them learning how to solder learning about electronics, learning about programming, uh, and all these sorts of skills that are going to come in very handy as they go through their high school and into their college careers. Would you say that a middle schooler who was interested in learning more about our programs, do they have to have any prerequisites or any specific background, or are they going to be good with just an interest and passion about this kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Interest and passion is really all that's that's needed for, for any of the things that we do, um, even up to the undergraduate level when we're looking at our REUs and research experiences for undergraduate students. We're particularly interested in folks who are passionate about this, and we're going to teach them the skills that they need to have um, along the way. 
That's the that's the great thing. Um, you can teach people skills, but you can't teach people to be creative about this kind of thing and have a passion for this kind of stuff. So just as um, some examples, now you gave a couple, but what are some of the things that students have come up with either on the wearable device challenge with the middle schoolers or the young scholars in the high school students? What kinds of things have they worked on? Yeah, that's a great question. And there are so many different examples. We've had students uh, who, um, we had one team of students who developed a seizure monitoring device where they actually put a little tiny camera on a set of eyeglasses that would look in at the eye and sort of see if the eye was moving in an unusual pattern. And a lot that along with uh, monitoring uh, ECG uh, and temperature and things of that nature, they could uh, sort of aim towards trying to detect uh, seizures, for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had one team of students who put sensors um, like um, hazardous gas types of sensors uh, on a hat uh, for farm workers uh, Mm -hmm. to alert that worker if they're going into an area that that maybe has some things that they shouldn't be breathing uh, a lot of. Uh, We've had folks work with their pets. We've had folks do uh, wearables for their their dogs uh, to detect uh, heart rate and temperature and things of that nature uh, for dogs who are getting super um, excited because um, sometimes animals will overexert themselves um, doing mm-hmm. what you're asking them to do without realizing that that they could be, uh, you know, in an environment where they're getting heat stroke or things of that nature. So um, really creative things. Uh, all, you know, we had one team of students who were football players and they were interested in being safe on the football field and they put sensors inside a football helmet not to detect concussion, but actually to tell the player if their neck is in the correct position uh, while they're tackling uh, in order to avoid injury. Uh, So really, whatever folks are interested in, uh, they're very, very creative. Well, and it sounds like a lot of these ideas come from their personal lives, too, because, you know, like you said, uh, kids from rural areas might be interested in helping, you know, people who work outdoors and in farming types of environments um, and people who have a relative who has some kind of seizure disorder or something like that would be interested and, in, you know, focused on that sort of problem to solve. Um, I know that we we do things like you mentioned for um, undergraduates and grad students, and we can maybe talk about that in depth um, on another episode, but did you want to talk about anything with those or minor programs and things like that that we offer here? Sure. And like you said, I think we can go into depth on these topics in a different episode, but yeah, mm-hmm. we, we certainly want to bring students starting in undergrad and grad school um, for undergrad students, bring them into the labs and show them what it's like to not just be in a lecture hall, listening, taking notes and, and learning uh, theoretical things, but actually be in the lab and see what research is like in a practical sense. So we do summer REU programs. Um, that's a 10 week program over the summer. It's a residential program. Students can actually stay here on campus uh, for that program. And uh, we also have undergraduates who are here at NC State who work with us during the semester as uh, fellows. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for our grad students, they're already in the lab. Uh, that's why they're here, right? But uh, we want to provide them some other opportunities, um, like professional development, like um, collaboration with our industry partners, networking, uh, mentorship, uh, some of these skills that are going to be really useful to them in a professional sense as they are moving forward and, and going off into industry or academia or whatever it is they want to do after graduate school. Uh, so in addition to that, we also have some curricular programs. We do some courses, some minor programs in nanoscience and technology. 
uh, and things of that nature as well. Um, it just occurred to me, uh, hopping back a little bit to the students who you said worked on um, wearable devices for pets. We have the veterinary school right here yeah. in our backyard. So you, yeah. they would get um, guidance and inspiration from the folks over there. Um, we're right, our building is right next to the College of Textiles, and that plays a big role in wearable devices. It's all kind of intertwined. Absolutely. And we actually have researchers who are working in the Assist Center on devices for us, but they also have projects with the vet school, as you mentioned. Uh, so mm-hmm. certainly all these things are interrelated. And again, one of the beauties of being an engineering research center is this collaboration and this being able to work with folks from the uh, you know yet UNC who are medical folks or from the vet school here at NC State or in the College of Textiles, uh, places that are not traditionally engineering. But really, all these folks have to come together for these types of devices to really work uh, in in a real sense. And Mm -hmm. that's what an engineering research center really provides to the students is this collaboration. So we are talking to people from NC State University, but we do have partner universities, as we mentioned with our prior episode. Um, Do those universities do these kinds of summer programs too? How does that work? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Um, So yes, we have partnerships with uh, University of Virginia, Penn State, and Florida International. And these educational programs are going on at all of those schools as well. They have Mm -hmm. Young Scholars and RET, the Research Experiences for Teachers, the undergraduate research, uh, and everything that we do here, they also do. As a matter of fact, at Penn State, um, they uh, created the wearable, well, they developed uh, the wearable device challenge as well. And at first, they competed virtually in our competition uh, when they first got started, but it grew so much because students up there at Penn State were very excited about this. So now they have their own entire own competition uh, with, uh, you know, 100 students that are coming and competing every year there at Penn State um, as well. So I'm really excited to see it growing and see the excitement of all these other schools as well, not just at NC State. So if a middle school student wants to participate in our wearable device challenge, what do they need to do? So great question. So what we need is some sort of mentor or a teacher or somebody from their school or a parent even um, who is willing to mentor the team. And we can provide resources to that person, train them up, uh, give them tools and and, um, lesson plans and all these sorts of things, really show them how to teach the students. Uh, and that mentor then leads a team, uh, and, and that's really all it takes. You have to have uh, four to six uh, excited uh, middle or high school students and, and somebody who's willing to mentor them. Uh, and then we can help them along the way. We're very open to uh, sort of providing them anything that they need uh, through this process, through this journey, including visiting their schools and doing workshops, having them come to us, um, what have you. Uh, but really, that's all it takes. And then they go to our website and they sign up. Uh, there's a sign up form uh, that the mentor uh, fills out. And that's that's all it takes. What about high schoolers who are starting to think about, I mean, it's it's hard to think about it right now because it's cold outside, <laughs> but summer will happen. What do high school students who are interested in thinking about our Young Scholars Program, what do they need to do? So again, uh, our website, assistcenter.org, under the education tab, they will find information on our Young Scholars Program, on the Wearable Device Challenge, and all the things that we talked about today. The application forms are there. Um, they will fill out uh, an application form, and those are due uh, mid-March, I believe, for the upcoming summer. So again, yes, I know it's winter, but those uh, are coming up. Um, mm-hmm. And so yeah, they fill out an application form. They'll have to get a letter of recommendation from a teacher or a principal, uh, sort of a standard application. And um, yeah, that's, that's about it. 
One of the things that I think is really kind of like a an auxiliary benefit of these programs is meeting other students who are interested in the same things you are. Yes. Um, because, you know, everybody, everybody you meet has like a niche individual kind of interest. And sometimes, you know, when you're a teenager, you might feel isolated and like you're the only one. But this kind of thing brings together lots of kids who are interested in the same thing. And it is so exciting and liberating and inspiring, I think, when you get to meet a whole group of people who are like you and are interested in the same things you are. I think so, too. And really having that cohort experience and having the students be able to come together and and see that there's other folks who are interested, like you said, in things that they're interested in and uh, have been doing these things. They can they can help each other. You know, some folks, some students have a lot of experience in programming, and it's really great to just see them uh, help each other out and teach each other things. Right. That's been one of the best parts. And the culmination of the young. Uh, well, let's start with wearable device challenge. The culmination of the wearable device challenge is what? What does that look like? Sure. Yeah, it's a, that's a great question. So as you mentioned, uh, the, the team will have gotten together and designed and built this device over several weeks or months even throughout the fall. Uh, and it really culminates in the spring in April uh, with our final competition here at NC State. This year, it's going to be at the McKimmon Center. Uh, so that students actually get to come to campus. They get to visit our campus, see what, it, uh, what it's all about. They bring their device and their poster and an advertising campaign for the, their device. Um, they will come here and they will present that. It's a gallery walks uh, sort of a setup and they'll set up, they'll show off their device. We have judges come through, our faculty and grad students will come through and judge all the projects, speak to all the students, really learn what they've been working on and fill out our judging rubrics. And then while the students uh, have lunch, uh, we uh, tally up all the scores. And at the end, we uh, have awards for the best uh, projects in various categories, middle school, high school, uh, most innovative, things of that nature. Well, and I'll tell you, this is going to sound corny, but it's true. Everybody wins because everybody learned something. Absolutely. And everybody and everybody has a great time. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Students are very excited to be here. Um, and it's a fun field trip for them. Yeah, it, it, it sounds like fun. I wish that, um, well, I wish this existed back in the 80s. I'll just say it that way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you, um, I don't want to sleep on this little fact. You know a lot about NC State University yourself. You've been here a long time. You um, started out here as an undergrad student, right? Yes, that's that's correct. Yeah, so I, I started here as an undergrad I, uh, in electrical engineering, so I, I did that. And after four years, I decided that I wanted to continue, and I, I went to graduate school here as well uh, and, and uh, got my PhD in, in 2011 and then started working with the center immediately after that and have been involved mm-hmm. with the center and with teaching uh, in the electrical engineering department since then. Well, I can't even imagine how many students um, have benefited from your guidance and all of the planning and hard work you put into all these programs. So on behalf of teenage students and science teachers everywhere, I say thank you. Absolutely. You're welcome. It's been my pleasure. It's a, it's really a fulfilling job to have uh, and projects to work on. Yes. 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. And especially with all of the expansion that the NC State College of Engineering has planned that we just heard about recently. So got to, got to inspire lots of kids to want to do this kind of stuff because it's it's a it's a lot of um, big things happening on this campus for sure. Absolutely. It's very exciting. So looking forward to what the future brings. Me too. Um, so thank you for talking to me. And um, we'll see you for the wearable device challenge. Yes. Thank you very much. This episode was recorded and produced by ASSIST staff on the Centennial Campus of North Carolina State University in Raleigh, North Carolina. Music was provided by our Assistant Director, Dr. Mehmet Ozturk. Learn more about us, subscribe to our newsletter, and more on our website at assistcenter.org. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.